from the 25th chapter of the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, listen for the word of the Lord. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory, and all the nations will be gathered before Him. And He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep at His right hand and the goats at His left. And then the king will say to those at His right hand, Come, you that are blessed by My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave Me food. I was thirsty, and you gave Me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed Me. I was naked, and you gave Me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of Me. And I was in prison, and you visited Me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and we visited you? And the king will answer, truly I tell you, just as you did to one of the least of these who were members of my family, you did it unto me. And then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. I was naked, and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty, a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? And, and when was it that we did not take care of you? And he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Each year at this time, I, I like to introduce us to one of our community partners, those who are on the front lines of making uh, transformative ministry happen in our city. Uh, a few months ago, our staff took our monthly Go to Know initiative, our field trip to Friendship Mission, and wow, did we ever receive a blessing. Uh, the work that Tara Davis and her team are doing every day is inspiring, and sometimes it's overlooked. And so I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how excited I am that Tara is with us today and how important partnerships like hers are at making a difference in our world. So Tara, thank you so much for coming and sharing your heart with us this morning. Welcome. Good morning, church. Good morning. So as just read, the book of Matthew, chapter 2540, is extremely important to Friendship Mission. As a matter of fact, it is printed on our stationery. Um, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And in reply, the question was when. When was he hungry, thirsty, without clothing, sick, without shelter, 
or in prison, I can't help but to also think of those who are homebound and in need of a friendly visit. When and who? The impact of homelessness is felt throughout a community, including this one. We just don't know who is affected nor when. It could have been 20 years before he became a member of the United States Congress, or just a few months before she was teaching in our local school system, or maybe, maybe shortly after he served this country as a member of the United States Armed Forces. Or possibly she is homeless right now, and she's going to serve the meal that you order today after service. If the roof of your home blows off today, church, you have a place to go. Or you have enough money in your pocket to pay for a hotel room without thinking about literally running out of money this week. Those who live at Friendship Mission have nowhere else to go. For those who do not know, Friendship Mission is a set of homeless shelters and a public soup kitchen. When people come to our doors for help, they receive shelter, meals, toiletries, clean clothing, intense case management. That's a plan, a tailor-made plan to get them on their feet. We work to help our residents stabilize their lives. We help them find a home that is suitable for their needs. And all of that can take time. So shelter residents can live at Friendship Mission for up to 12 months. Some who are in need come to us with a government-issued ID, that's important, a job, a car, but the income isn't enough for them to keep their home. Some come to us with tattered and dirty pockets, and they are completely empty, not a dollar, not an ID. They come with just what they're wearing right then in that moment. So we get to work and we connect them to the resources that are available, a government issued ID, the social security income that they may have earned, a job or job training. Friendship mission is the refuge needed in Montgomery to help the hungry and homeless people who are our neighbors. Along with all of the services provided, we meet our residents where, we, where they are. Um, we're a sounding board. We're motivators, we're a shoulder to cry on. And when I say we meet our residents where they are, that's hard sometimes because they're not even sure where they are in life. Our residents have worked for the Alabama Senate. They work in the Montgomery public school system. They work at our hospitals. There's only three in Montgomery. When you go to one of our hospitals, someone who's drawing your blood or taking care of your loved one might live at Friendship Mission, you just don't know it. Or their name might be on the waiting list for Friendship Mission. When you are homeless, life does not stop. Your loved ones may pass away. The IRS and other collectors are looking for you. There's a judge that you have to stand before in a courtroom. It does not stop. 
the doctor might give you a diagnosis that you're not ready to handle. But you're homeless. Good things happen. Um, our residents land jobs that they enjoy. They enjoy earning a living again. They find a new life skill. They find sobriety for those who need it. And they even find Jesus. We don't do this work alone. Providing comprehensive services for the near 70 people who are currently occupying our two very old buildings. We need help with that. Um, not just the residents, but those who come to us for a prepared meal. They might have paid for their medicine this week so they don't have money for a prescription or, or if they paid for their prescription, they might not have money for a meal or they don't have the wherewithal to put a meal together. So they come to Friendship Mission. Um, they should be just finishing up breakfast this morning. So this is beyond challenging work. Here's how we manage the chaos. We ask for help. Today I'm asking for your help to manage the sharp rise in demand for services to those who are living in extreme poverty in Montgomery. Men, women, and children. Yes, even children. There are 17 children residing at Friendship Mission's Chisholm Street location today. They range from seven months old to 14 years old. They are in the shelter with their respective mothers. Their mothers are five of the 19 women who are in the shelter this morning. 17 children, 19 women, and 29 men on our Mobile Highway location. Woke up at Friendship Mission today. I won't hold you with the details of how, but Friendship Mission has become the shelter for Montgomery. We are it and we have a waiting list because we are at capacity. Last night, I had to tell the elected official who called me that I did not have a room for the family she found sleeping in their car on Atlanta Highway. In this month of stewardship, I'm asking you to dip, dig deep to leverage the resources you have your time and your talent, and yes, your finances. If you have time to share a Bible study, work in our flower beds, trim shrubbery, or sponsor a pizza night, let us know on our website, friendshipmission.org. Submit your volunteer form there or send us an email on that same site. If you can support us financially, of course, that helps too. If you received a letter last week or three, we didn't waste money. The mistakes made were not made by Friendship Mission. We are very careful with every single dime. Your prayers are important to us too. They get us through the tough times. Tough times come to us every single day. We never close. We never cut our bed list. We are open and operating because people are hurting and hungry. The work that takes place at Friendship Mission is challenging, to say the least. The work that it takes to keep our programs running and the doors open is a very heavy load, but we do not stop. We keep going because now, more than ever, our neighbors are hurting, hungry, and homeless, and Friendship Mission is their place of refuge. 
Our Savior, our Savior tells us that what we do for our brothers and sisters, we are doing for him, for him, and in his name. We work, and I'm asking you to join us. Thank you. When the Son of Man returns in all his glory, he will ask one question. What have you done? What have you done? What have we done? When have we cared for the least, the last, and the lost, uh, and the lonely? Um, who knew that Jesus was a, an accountant, an auditor, right? With a debit and a credit system for who is serving whom. And he wants to know, he wants an accounting of what his church is doing in this world to care for the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. Tara's story represents the stories of, of all of our community partners because uh, so many of our community partners rely on us each and every week. That should not be lost on us. There's a wonderful question that uh, circulates in church leadership which asks, if, if your church or your parish uh, closed its doors today, would your neighborhood, would your community notice? Ooh, striking, right? If we ceased to be a church, if local churches ceased to be churches, who would notice? And how, how would they notice? Uh, just this past week, if you read the Tower Chimes, the E! News, then you noticed about 100 agencies uh, listed uh, who rely on us each and every week. They budget with our generosity in mind. They plan ministry based on our generosity. They change lives based on our relationship with them. Uh, they have done so, many of them, in our 194-year history uh, as part of this strong connection where we build relationships in the community. Those roots begin to go deeply for transformative ministry because we ask ourselves, when the Son of Man returns, what have we done? And what are we doing? And what will we continue to do? St. Basil the Great uh, was the bishop of Caesarea. He was born into a quite affluent family. Uh, he had a really nice, lucrative job before a nun, I think, nudged him into uh, the monastic life. And St. Basil the Great from Caesarea once said, when someone steals the clothes of another, we call that person a thief. And then St. Basil says, should we not give the same name to the one who could clothe the naked but does not? The bread in the pantry belongs to the hungry. The unused coat in, in your closet belongs to the one who needs it. The shoes rotting in your closet floor belong to the one who needs a pair. The money which you hoard up belongs to the poor, says St. Basil. And I just say, well, welcome to worship, you bunch of thieves, right? <laughs> Striking. But the point is well made. How many of us have multiple coats and shoes and blankets, which we're accepting now? This judgment of nations, as it's called, where the sheep and the goats are separated to the right hand and the left hand. I've wondered if that's why we have a center aisle, by the way. Some of you can help me with this, our theologian in residence. Is this the right hand, the blessed side, and this the cursed side, or, do, or is this the right hand? I, I guess you'd have to answer for yourself, right? But there is a separation, there is division. But Jesus' primary form of accounting and math, his favorite form, is multiplication. When the church is generous enough to return only a mere portion of that which has been bestowed upon us, we give it into the hands of the master, it's multiplied to do imaginably 
unimaginably thing more than we could ever ask. When you give to First United Methodist Church, you give to Friendship Mission, to the front lines of ministry in our, our community. You give to men and women who are hungry and thirsty, who are welcomed into a Christian environment where they feel safe. When we give to First United Methodist Church, we also support Ken Austin at Mercy House and the MAP Center and, and the Mana House is getting ready to open probably the first of the year. When you give to First United Methodist Church, you give to the scholars on Dexter Avenue at Valiant Cross Academy, and they are changing the world already. We give to hope-inspired ministries and reality and truth and to the Beacon Center and our brothers and sisters at Metropolitan. You see, our generosity placed in the hands of Jesus is multiplied, meaning we can do far more together than we can individually. Jesus prefers multiplication, not division. When the Son of Man comes again, I'll ask one question. What have you done to care for the least and the last and the lost? Notice uh, Matthew doesn't say, when the Son of Man comes in His final glory with all the angels, He's going to say, now, do you have your theology all figured out? How many diplomas are on your wall? Tell me about that, that portfolio. How many cars? Auburn or Alabama? And where do you sit there? Right? Don't answer that one out loud, by the way. <laughs> when the Son of Man comes again, what have you done to care for the least? How are you walking through life side by side with the ones who hold a special place in God's heart? You know, next week we're going to do something that's unique to the church. We're going to, it's Pledge Sunday. Uh, we're going to come down like we do for communion, and we're going to make a pledge in these, in these baskets. That's, that's such an interesting phrase, isn't it? That we're going to fill out a pledge card. What is a pledge, and what are we pledging on such pledge cards? It sounds so transactional, doesn't it? Except it's holy. A pledge is an oath. A pledge is the way that we, we keep our word to God and to one another. A pledge is, is a matter of, of integrity. A pledge conveys commitment to something bigger than one's self. To pledge, I don't know if you figured this out in your giving, to pledge is, is to yield this need this temptation, this appetite for control. It says, I value being part of a, of a wider family through whom God has chosen to transform the world. I believe, these cards that we fill out next week, they, these cards say, I believe in the missional calling of God in this church. We pledge because God has pledged to us first. I don't know if you believe this or not. If you do, you might want to say amen. We pledge because God has pledged to never leave us nor forsake us. Amen? God has pledged to help us heal and reconcile. Amen? God has pledged abundant life and eternal life, and God has pledged to never give up on us and to care for us as we care for others. God has pledged to go ahead of us today and to walk with us along the way, and God has pledged to bless us so that we may bless others. Amen?
all that's asked in return? Just a portion. Just a percentage. And whether we're in person here or in one of the 14 counties uh, viewing right now in the WSFA area or somewhere in this country or somewhere around the world, we have people all over the world watching with us. Um, uh, we are called to pledge to Christ through the local church. Just imagine the global impact we can have together. I'll finish with this. In this most unprecedented of years, with so much fear and uncertainty, wars, rumors of wars, actual war, with splits and splinters, with woundedness, pain, grief, it would be so easy to say, I'll sit this one out this year. I'll let someone else step up. Or I want to wait and see what the future holds. I'm just not ready to begin tithing, preacher. I'll know more after the end of the year. And, and the challenge for me with, with those arguments is simple because I've used all of them. People are still hungry. The shelter is still full with a waiting list. People are still thirsty. People still need clothes. The cold weather's here. It's, it's coming in full force. There are people on our, our streets, on our watch, in our zip codes, in our neighborhoods who are cold. What have we done? When have we cared for Christ by caring for others? It all boils down to this. In God's kingdom, in God's kingdom that has come and in God's kingdom that's supposed to be here and now, in God's kingdom, fully realized, no one will be hungry. There will be no one thirsty, no exposure to life's harsh elements. There will be no homeless men and women and children on any street. And I promise you there will be a table, place-setting, for all God's people. Because grace makes space in the kingdom of God. The way I see it, we might as well get a jump on things while we're here. And we might as well do it together. What will we do this year? So I want you to pray fiercely this week. And then I want you to pledge boldly next week right. The kingdom of God demands it of us, and our community is counting on us. Let's commit it to prayer now together. Let's pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer that where we have fallen short, we need forgiveness. Where we have failed to see, we need vision. Where we have failed to hear, open our ears. When we have not been the neighbors that you would have us to be and not heard the cry of the needy, forgive us, we pray, and free us now for joyful obedience as we seek, Lord, to feed the hungry, to quench the thirsty, 
to welcome the stranger, to visit those who are bound and in prison and lonely, and to give some clothes to the unclothed. May that be our missional conviction this week. We do so knowing that all honor and glory belongs to you alone, Almighty God, now and forever. Let the church say, Amen.